Hi, this is Dion Beg from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, episode 55. And welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake, and here with me is the co-founder of your favorite podcast, Andy McKay. I like that one. That was the best one yet. Yeah, yeah. What was the name of that podcast? <laughs> it's uh, Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. Oh, that's right. It is. Uh, how are things, man? Welcome back to Pretty reality. Yeah. Thanks. I know it's uh, yeah, you know, back to the slave labor, doing these shows, grinding it. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you guys go? You were away for what two or three weeks? Yeah, we were two weeks, man. We were Dubai, uh, Maldives, and Dubai. That sounds amazing. And actually, the pictures look incredible. Cool. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a, it was a, one of one of the best trips we've ever taken for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna get into it too much here, but it was it was amazing. But you could tell us a little bit about it. Were there any highlights? You know what the you know what thing I I couldn't believe was the the construction in Dubai and the just the just the like craziness of the amount of real estate and things that you see happening there was just the the development. If you were to take the let's say if you look at the the Toronto, not the CN Tower, but let's say the next tallest building whatever that building is in Toronto. There's 50 of those like under construction right now in Dubai, like all within like a hundred meters, a couple hundred meters of each other. Like there's just the construction there is unbelievable. And it's interesting because like the architecture is a lot different there too, right? It's all very, like very intricate architecture. Very modern, right? Like it's like the city only really like if you, I guess, I don't know. I'm just reading up on it a bit while we were there. Like if you were to go there 30 years ago, there was not much, pretty much nothing. Did you rent a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or something while you were there? No. No? <laughs> How did you get around? You know, I, you know I, the, for what you hear about Dubai and UAE and all the money that's there, it was, it was, it was like noticeable, but not like, no, no, not really much more than if you were driving downtown Toronto or Vancouver or one of the major cities in Canada. Like it wasn't that noticeable. Okay. There's obviously money, but I thought it was, I thought that part was a little bit played up a little bit in the media, I guess, or wherever we, for whatever reason, we think that that's there. It's not much more than it is here. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, again, welcome back. Happy to have you back. Thanks. We, we all miss you. Now we can get to work again. Yep. And so I'd also like to say hello to our guest, Candice Bax-Friesen. How are you? Hey, guys. Things are going good. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Candice is going to bring her vast knowledge of RTO, 
uh, rent owns, as well as giving us a prairie perspective, which is much needed. And and you'll you'll find out why because of our reviews that I'm going to read. Actually, it's funny. Two of them even mentioned like we need to get some you know less Ontario specific stuff going on. So uh, Candace has a lot of investor smarts, and we're happy to have you here. So thanks again. Yeah, you bet. And everyone, of course, should go and check out our website, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. You can actually comment on whatever podcast that you would like to. So you go in and just click on that podcast and go down. You can leave a comment, what you liked, what you didn't like about it. You know, tell us, um, just lay it on the line. Tell us what you liked and what you didn't like. And what else, Sandy? Uh, just jump on our free report. Get on our email list there on breakthroughpodcast.ca. Not only will you get that free report, seven freedom activators you can trigger in your property starting right now. More importantly, maybe you're going to get access to all the content that we throw out there on a pretty regular basis. You're going to get invites to any events that we're hosting and seminars and things like that, that, that we don't really just throw out there to the public. So jump on there and, and you're, Getting notified about the events we're holding and the and the speakers we're having out and things like that, and you'll get you'll get an update about every podcast that comes out and get on that list. I think I think you're going to really find it useful and value. So get on there. Also, you know, if you if you haven't been there for a while, we do change up some of the guest links. So some of them have added their websites, or um, I mean, I know one of them has even started his own podcast. So. You can go and check out, go back. Um, Sve Pavic started his own podcast. I'm not sure how many he's got out, but uh, a few of them. So go back to, I think, episode 49 and check out his links there again. So there's different, they're different all the time. So just come back and, and revisit some of your old favorites or whatever. And um, so you would get uh, a lot of different um, updates, I guess. Now, the one thing that I did want to mention, Sandy, is I was going to read a couple more of our iTunes reviews here. So we got three that I'm going to read. And the latest one is five stars from C4 Pawn. I love the names that people have. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one's short and sweet. It says, entertaining and extremely educational. Five stars. This is by far the best real estate investing podcast. Rob and Sandy speak from experience, and the information is highly valuable. That one, I love that. And I want to encourage, actually, we haven't had too many lately. So I want to encourage people to go over and leave a review on iTunes. And we're going to give you some motivation, actually, to do so later on. So please keep listening. Now, where is the next one? So I've got one from Mook Daddy Smooth. I like that name. Nice. And it says, Rob and Sandy, along with their guests, provide a great amount of information and inspiration. I am just starting out in REI and look forward to following along with them the whole way. Very Ontario heavy. I'd like to hear some more from other cities in Canada, a.k.a. Calgary. So um, let's see. The next one is from GHKIGCGF, and it's five stars as well. And it says, I love this podcast. I read many books on the subject of real estate investing and spoken with other investors in person, but you guys have by far given the most valuable information and advice I have found yet. I would like to hear more from investors from different regions across Canada. Ontario is great, but I don't live there. I would like to hear more from investors from Western Canada. Thanks for what you do and keep up the good work. 
So we've replied to these and we're bringing some information from other parts of the country. And I, we have done that before, of course, but uh, but hey, we're doing it again. Well, we're getting on a roll with it, right? We had BC. Now we're we're getting a bit of everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Rick from uh, I want to say Kelowna. It's not Kelowna. Where is it? Canmore. Sorry, Canmore. Right. Yeah, that's right. And I was speaking to him recently. He still hasn't found uh, figured out what the last on his Mount Rushmore tattoo is going to be. Oh, okay. So at least last time I spoke with him anyways. So he has booked the appointment, though. That was what I heard. So you better decide very really? soon. So we'll find out. Okay. All right. So as we mentioned, we have Candace Bax Friesen here with us. And Candace works to in- inspire families and create lasting improvement in their finances to create legacy and impact generations. And Candace has been a real estate investor since 2001 and is experienced in uh, a lot of the different uh, fields here. Vendor take backs, private mortgages, buy and holds, and as well as uh, rent to own deals. And Candace has been featured in Crew Magazine, that's Canadian Real Estate Wealth Magazine, and has spoken at the Toronto Investor Forum in 2016 and 2017. Candice is passionate about helping people reach their financial dreams. And we're super excited to have Candice here with us tonight. Again, welcome to the show, Candice. We're going to get to know you here a little bit better and hopefully come up with some uh, great content here for our awesome listeners. So welcome to the show, Candice. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited to be with you guys. This is a great podcast, and I love that you guys are giving great value to people who are getting into real estate, either new or experienced, because there's so much opportunity, right? And anything we could do to help people out is great. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we do appreciate you being here again. So would you like to share with us a little bit about your investing journey so far? Sure. Uh, so my husband um, actually bought his first rental when he was a teen. So he had, you know, menial teen jobs and he was really good at saving money. So he he had some money set aside. And at the time, his first place that he bought was thirty two thousand. And so he had eight thousand dollars. He had his twenty five percent down. And with a shaking hand, he signed his first mortgage. And he just said to his dad, this is crazy. Like, I got no more money after this. And his dad's like, ah, it's going to work out. It'll be fine. And so after um, about a year, then he bought his second house around 30000 again. And that was kind of how he started. And his parents were into rentals, obviously. So his dad thought it was a good thing. And to encourage him. My parents weren't. So when I met him and we were dating, um, we, we were dating young and got married young and stuff. So when we were dating, then he was talking about all this investing stuff. And I thought it was pretty interesting. And, you know, of course, I start asking him the numbers. And I was going to university at the time to be an accountant. So numbers were important to me. And, and it made sense. So after we got married, then um, we heard about this this fiveplex uh, again through his dad, just through the grapevine. I wasn't a realtor or anything at that time, and and I just said, okay, let's do this. Like, this sounds good. And he's like, no, this is five. Like, you know, I've just bought one house here at a time, and I was like, so it's okay. It's just five times as as much fun. It's gonna work out, and. And so that was kind of our first property that we bought together. And so it's just been slow and steady wins the race since. So we've been, you know, every year buying one property or two properties and and slowly have built a a portfolio of, yeah, a little bit of everything, single family, duplex, multifamily, commercial, and just diversify a little bit between areas, um, between towns and small cities and, and between types of real estate. So it's been fun. Um, 
I was a mortgage broker for about a year before being a realtor. And now I've been doing that for about 10 years, uh, 10 years this month, actually. So that's kind of cool. Time flies. And um, yeah, so just having a pretty well-rounded knowledge. And then I have started helping more, more and more people in coaching. So I've got a brand, Investor Smarts. And yeah, so we're just busy with investing and being the realtor and, and doing some coaching. So it's good. Wow, that's awesome. It sounds like a lot, actually. Was the fiveplex five times as much fun? It's Yeah, it was a good move. It was a great move. Um, it, it came on a really sizable lot. I think it was 300-foot frontage. I'm just going wow. by memory. I think it was 300 by 600. It was like a massive piece of land. So, so the next year, we turned around and built a fourplex sort of parallel to that that same building so there was nine units and there's actually still room on that on that same property near the back oh that wow that's another. amazing yeah i love stories another. like that i know yeah and it was all just word of mouth right and so that's kind of yeah yeah that was a kind of cool deal so, so where you, was that one again uh that was in a small town that that we both grew up in um, there's about a thousand people in the town so hmm. small town and um so a lot of people, it, you know, you get together at coffee shops and guys chat and whatever, shoot the breeze. Mm. Oh, and that's... so he just heard about this guy uh, again, sitting around having coffee. And he's like, yeah, you know, or they were living in one of the units at the time and we're renting out the other four. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of getting older. I don't know if I want to do this rental thing anymore. So then his dad had mentioned it to us just kind of in passing. And we decided to jump on it and made it happen. So. Well, that's very interesting. So you've mentioned a couple times now that you invest in small communities. Like, so, I don't know, I guess a 1,000 to what, like 15,000 people. What do you think are the benefits of, of being in those small markets? Okay, so um, just to give the people from Toronto and some of the other areas a bit of a background, uh, Winnipeg is about, average sale price is about 300,000. Mm -hmm. And population about 800,000. So we live southeast of Winnipeg. And so the area, it's the, the largest town or small city is about 15,000. And then there's a whole bunch of other small towns sort of surrounding that and going into all the way over to Winnipeg. So that's sort of the area that we focus on. And um, so the, the distance is about 45 minutes to Winnipeg. So it's a pretty easy commute for people. And so even though it's a small town, you still benefit from being closer to the major city in Manitoba, which is Winnipeg. So we invested in small community because we were familiar with it. And we know, we know people here. We know it's a lot easier to deal with um, the municipality, which is the area, the the governing body for the area versus dealing with a city zoning office and, and, and stuff. So um, there's a lot more flexibility. So if we want to do something and it requires a variance, it's really easy to work with the municipalities because they're really eager for development and they love seeing this kind of stuff. And, you know, you have bigger lot sizes. So you're not as worried about, you know, being super close to a neighbor, right? Four feet away and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so that's been really good because again, it's just, allowed us the flexibility and you know we don't have for as i mentioned there's not as much competition nor as many landlords and we know people in the community right just like i mentioned with with sort of finding this deal through a coffee shop you know we we also know tenants we know the families of tenants 
experience. So you don't get as many crazy stories. You don't get midnight move out massive damage because everyone kind of knows everyone. So you're really worried about your reputation more. Mm-hmm. So that's been really good for us. Yeah. And, uh, and just having our property manager is kind of the same thing. Um, so for the first several years, uh, we were doing all the property management and when we got to about 22 units or 24 units then, and I had four kids by then. So I was like, okay, I can't, I got to give something up here. So we got a property manager manager, which has been great. And it was kind of the same thing. He has said the same thing. Well, you know, I sort of know the family or, well, if uh, you know, I've heard through the grapevine, maybe this wouldn't be as good of a tenant. And so tenant screening seems to be um, quite a bit better in small towns as well. And, you know, you ever thought about looking into some larger, like, I guess if you're, you are. Um, yeah, like, again, I'm not I'm against investing in Winnipeg, and there, there's definitely benefits to being in a bigger city and, and bigger center as well. Um, right now, it's just the convenience of it and just being in a busy stage of life, life, I suppose, as well. But I think once, you know, my kids are older and, you know, possibly with my husband changing careers and stuff, if we had a lot more time and uh, energy to be driving that hour to go to the properties and checking everything out more, then I think we we're not against doing it. It's just what you know is convenient, right? So that's what we've been doing for now. So I mean, I find it interesting that you built a nineplex on the same property when when you're in a, a thousand well, a town with a population of a thousand. I mean, right. I know people that won't invest outside of this city here because. They don't think that there's going to be a call for the for the rental market. Mm-hmm. So I just um, so like there was actually enough people to rent out the nineplex. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> there's tons of rental properties in this town. Yeah, yeah, and you know, again, being outside of a major center, people are still driving into to Winnipeg for work, but you know, people like the quieter lifestyle, right? So mm-hmm. there's people that are moving outside of Winnipeg because they're like, you know what? I can drive an hour, but I can live in a community that's quiet. I can go for a walk at 11 o'clock at night or a jog. And I'm not worried about, you know, somebody attacking me or, or running into problems. Right. And so people are moving outside of these big centers more and more, I think, because they want that quieter lifestyle. They want less pollution. They want safer, communities and so yeah there, there's quite a few people that are renters you know and if you've grown up in a small town sometimes you want to again stay living in that small town because you're familiar with it right mm-hmm. so yeah yeah it's been really good no, that's great i love that story i want to i want to deal like that <sighs> yeah i'll find you one okay thank you <laughs> put me so on the short list the, uh, yeah one of the strategies that we mentioned that you, that you deal with uh, a lot is rent to own. What about that strategy appeals, like specifically where you deal with those? Because it's interesting to talk about rent to owns in smaller towns. Yeah. Yeah. So sort of the same thing. Like there's people that want to live in these small communities. And so they obviously they want to buy properties here as well. And sometimes, again, when you get maybe you come to a community and you're renting here, then you get to know people or your kids are in that school. And now you want to stay in the community because you get to know people and you don't want to be like moving your kids around a lot. Right. And so like in any other place, not everybody qualifies. And so uh, rent to own is a great strategy to help families be able to purchase their first home 
when they're, you know, they've got credit issues or they're trying to get enough money together for the down payment. Maybe they don't have family able to help them out. And uh, yeah, so there's, there's lots of reasons why people do rent to own. Um, sometimes, you know, someone's newly self-employed and they can't buy a house for a few years. So then they think, well, you know what, well, why don't we do a rent to own? I'm still making good money as being self-employed, but you know, if the bank doesn't want to help me yet, then whatever, I can still move into a rent to own into a place that I want to live in and not be renting a place where maybe it's going to sell and I'm going to have to move or, you know, people just want that stability. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's a, that's a great way to, to kind of get settled in when you're dealing with various different issues of why you maybe don't quite qualify. And have you experienced any issues with finding, um, finding good rental tenants or I, I guess really just the, what I'm thinking of, Challenges maybe being in a smaller community compared to a more, you know, a few hundred thousand type of city where you have that, uh, I guess, on the outside looking in a little bit of a larger pool of people. Right. Yeah. So rent to own, you could do it as a tenant first or you could do property first. And mm-hmm. so some people like property first because it, uh, you know, you could maybe secure a really good deal or if you find a good deal in a house, then you've made money on the purchase. Right. But uh, if you do tenant first, then you find a person, a tenant, pre-qualify them, and then you go house shopping and they go pick the house that they like. And so maybe for smaller towns, if you look at it as, you know, I might not have a big enough pool if I find a house first, you might want to do tenant first. Again, I really believe in helping people and that's important to me. And so I do tenant first because... You know, I think that it's great if they can pick the house that they are going to end up living in, right? Um, so that's been really good. Uh, we, for the past, again, you know, we're going to be married 16 years now this year. So for the past 16 plus years, we've been doing buy and hold. But my husband is looking to transition um, in his employment in the next couple of years. And so rent to own is going to be nice because um, for us because we're just looking at, you know, if there's any unknowns in two to three years, we're going to be having some uh, rental deals mature at that point where money will be coming in. And so rent to own and flipping houses are both income strategies versus buy and hold is more wealth, you know, generating wealth and long-term wealth and to increase your net worth. Right. But uh, with rent to own um, and it being an income strategy, it's really good for us right now because again, when he changes employment, then We've got that money coming in, and so it's it's not going to be as big of a deal if, you know, it takes a little while for him to um, get the next business kind of up and running. So so I think it's just really important to think about what why you're investing and what strategy is going to make the most sense for what you want to accomplish in your life. That's a great point. Great uh, to distinguish that, that it's an it's a income strategy. I think a lot of people have trouble figuring that out. So actually that's, that's really quite simple, but a really good point actually to make there. What, give any other advice for new investors? Uh, well, I think again, it's really important to have an open mind to opportunities that come up. So I like to think of myself as a bit of an opportunist when it comes to investing, because, you know, if, if I'm only focused on single family, I might, might miss a really good deal that's commercial or multifamily or duplex. And all of those different strategies have their pros and cons, which we don't need to get into today, but, um, but all of them for different reasons can be great opportunities. So, you know, if, if you keep an open mind to 
I'm just looking for a great opportunity, then more opportunities, I think, will come your way. And so I know when when you get started, it's really hard to kind of think that way and sort of, again, have that open mindset. And um, just like we were talking about, maybe um, investing in an area that's outside of what you were normally kind of thinking you were going to invest in, you might find an opportunity that's outside, again, that proverbial box, right? And uh, yeah, so I think just just knowing what you're looking for and being ready for opportunities and be able to make quick decisions is really important. So as a realtor, I often see people lose out on opportunities because they just take too long to decide, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So you really have to know your market and what's a good deal so you can make those quick quick decisions. All the realtors are nodding their heads. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? I was thinking that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess speaking of being able to identify an opportunity, how do you do that? Like what it, what what does a great deal look like to you or how do you how do you distinguish that? Well, I think when you look at starting a business, if if you've ever looked at that, you know, and doing a business plan, they're going to tell you do a SWOT analysis, right? A SWOT is S W O T, so your strengths, your weaknesses, any opportunities and any threats. And Um, I think once you're in real estate, it's really important to focus on those last two. And that's, again, your opportunities and your threats. So real estate is very local. And so every market is going to have a different threat, right? So our our market here in Winnipeg is very, again, slow increases, slow appreciation, you know, 2%. Um, We had a few hot years in 2000 and whatever it was now, 2006, I guess, six, seven, eight were sort of the big years. And, but then the market changes, right? And so there's always different things changing. And what you guys are dealing with in Toronto is very different than what we're dealing with here. So, and within Winnipeg, you'll have different sub markets. And so you really have to know the market that you're investing in. But, you know, my, my, a friend of mine, Mike Gillespie, he's in the Niagara region. St. Catharines. And he just said that lately on Facebook, he was mentioning that he was going to be converting some of his student rentals into single family because there's been a lot of campus student housing coming up in the area. Right. And so you have to really be, have your, your finger on the pulse of what's going on in your market and what you're investing in specifically, your, what your sort of specialty is. So for him, student, student rentals, because you've got to be able to make those changes and you've got to know what the threats are right as they arise in your area. So that's interesting. So did uh, I guess <laughs> I'm I'm asking a question about Mike. But uh, by the way, I I heard Mike speak before. He's a really really good guy. Very inspiring. Yeah, yeah, nice guy. So so he I guess has identified that there's not as many students. The pool is getting smaller because these big developers are coming in and building um like big buildings. Is that what's going on? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's more students. Yeah, right on the campuses. So, yeah, and in Winnipeg, we just had um, new lot development fees being charged by the city. And so that's going to be adding about $10,000 to the cost of a new build. So things are changing, right? Either people are um, now maybe again going to be investing outside of Winnipeg where they um, aren't going to have, you know, about ten dollars or $15,000 more on the cost of a new build. Uh, or buying existing building. Um, there's going to be a, a home warranty change in 2018. Again, that affects new build. Yeah, so, you know, there's always threats. There's different opportunities, but it just depends kind of how you react to them, right? And you just got to stay in the loop and protect your assets and 
and your uh, your property. So a really good way of doing that as well. You know, listening to these podcasts is important and, and reading, you know, Canadian Wealth magazine. and But also just going to local groups is, is really important too. So um, I helped run a group in Winnipeg here called Truly Invested. And just staying connected to different investors and what they're experiencing as well is, is really important. It's funny how we are all connected in a way too because – Ben Davis, who's been on the show, runs. Does he? He runs that with you, does he? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a great guy. Uh huh. Yeah, he is a great guy. Definitely. That's cool. I like that you guys work together on that. Yeah. So. What? It's funny, you know, they're doing the same thing here in uh, Hamilton as well as with them uh, around McMaster. They're building a bunch of um, like the school is building a bunch of. A bunch more student housing. So I'm hearing the same thing here. It's just interesting. You hear the same thing in different markets. Like <laughs> it seems maybe maybe this is going to be a common theme amongst student housing. Is this how um, is that the universities and colleges are building more student housing, and it's going to affect particularly if you're right close by the universities or the colleges, you're going to see this maybe more. That's that's actually a really good point. The same thing's happening here as well. So yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just it's it's been like um, almost like a tornado of of student housing buildings going up all down this the corridor up by the the college and university on the north end of the city, and and that's sort of driving some of the um, the student rental market at least out of that area. Yeah. And, you know, if you're relying on that for your income, um, you know, if you don't have a job and you're a full-time investor and you're really relying on that income, then, you know, if you suddenly don't have it, it's going to really impact you, right? So I think it's, uh, again, you know, you just have to be really aware of what's going on in the market so that you can react quickly. Okay. So what were some of the roadblocks that you've encountered or, or see, I guess, maybe other investors struggling with that holds them back from moving forward? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that affects all of us, whether we're new or experienced, is our mindset. Like mindset is key to anything in life. And, you know, it, it prevents success for investors. You know, that's the biggest thing is like we we stop ourselves. Right. And so a lot of times people have this analysis paralysis. Right. Or they're students for life. You know, they're like it's like kind of like going to university forever and ever. Right. But it's the same thing with real estate investing. They're like, OK, well, I'm just going to take that one more course. And, oh, I see that this course is coming. So I need I really need to take that because I think I, I'm going to. I really need to learn a little bit more about that. And so it's just really important to make sure that you take action and that whatever is stopping you, if it's fear or whatever it is that you just need to be able to get past that and, and do it quickly again. So you could be analyzing deals forever and never writing an offer, or you could be, I see this as a realtor, you know, there's people who are like, even, even just buying a home, right? They're like, I, I got to find a really good deal. I got to find a really good deal. And then when a really good deal does come, then they're like, oh, no, 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 something's got to be wrong with this house. Like, so, you know, it's really, it's just fear, right? And, you know, it can be in any part of our life. It can affect anything, relationships and family. And there's all kinds of things where we should be taking more action, but there's things that stop us. So, yeah. And I, and I agree. And I see a lot of people that... um take different courses too and it's sort of one of those things where they are chasing the chasing the silver whatever it is you know 
chasing the shiny object and they go, Oh, I think I'm going to learn about this. And then they, then they take that course. And then they, as soon as they're done, they don't take any action. They move on to the next course. So the difference yeah. between, I think like me and you and, and Sandy too, like we've all, we all sort of dip our, our feet in different strategies, but we're the difference between what they're doing and what we're doing more is, and I know they say to focus, but I mean, you, Candace, you probably more than us have have dipped your feet in a lot of different strategies, and as long as you're taking action, that's really got to be the takeaway here. You know, you got your, yeah. you're not losing, right? Yeah, because you're continuing they, to move forward. Yeah, for sure, exactly. And and like I said, you know, there's there's benefits to all kinds of different real estate rates. Single family is great because you can liquidate it quickly. Multifamily is great because you're buying it at lower dollars per unit. Uh, commercial, you're not dealing with tenancies. And in Manitoba, tenancy uh, regulation really favors the tenant. So commercial is great because you don't have that. But again, mm-hmm. everything's got its pros and cons, right? But ultimately, if we're, if you're not taking action, then then what's the point, right? You're just investing in courses, which really you're, you're just wasting money. So mm. you need to be taking that action so that you're recouping your costs of, of courses, of course, of course. <laughs> but, um, but also, yeah, you really, the whole point is that you got to be purchasing properties and, and grow your wealth. So I don't, it's important that, you know, we're not fearless, right? We're not just taking action for the sake of taking action. Like you, you still have to make educated decisions, but you can't be controlled by your fear and we really have to recognize that and, and sometimes we can't see it in ourselves. and you know maybe you need a coach or a mentor or you need to go to a real estate investing group and be surrounded by people who can help you and can see your limitations that maybe you can't but mm-hmm. like don't let another year go by where you're just dreaming and you're not doing anything awesome i love that now i guess you haven't gotten that to where you are without a, a few successes anyways do you want to tell us about uh, some of the successes you've had um yeah like i think again we were just really open to opportunities and and sort of being willing to jump and and act quickly and so you know you you got to have your your ducks in a row right you got to have your financing ready if you're doing joint ventures you got to have partners ready or private money or or if you if you've got your own money just have it ready to deploy so um again we've got about 25 to 30 units right now and we weren't actively looking for all of them so that that first one that i talked about that was kind of our first one being married and that fiveplex that was just through the grapevine right we weren't really looking for it ryan's dad was just like my husband's ryan and his my father-in-law he was he just said, if you don't act on this quickly, you're probably not going to, you know, somebody's going to buy it or he's the guy's going to list it. And, and so it was all about, yeah, acting quickly. And, you know, we, I was just out of university and we didn't have tons of cash. So that was private money, quick, quick, quick. Otherwise we wouldn't have been able to do that one. And a year later building the four units, that was private money again. And, and so just be able to act quickly. And sometimes when you're, if you aren't ready, you have to, you're, you're sort of forced to do it. But the better way is always just to be, to be ready for the opportunities because you can make really good money by being able to buy good deals or good opportunities that come across the table. So, so now you said you had private money ready. So how, how would one go about 
you know, having having that kind of um, financing in their back pocket? Uh, it's all about talking to people and having the conversation. So um, I think as realtors, that's the main way that, that you can start as a realtor to really make money as well. And, and, you know, investing is kind of the same. It's all sales and you're selling as realtors, we're selling houses, but as investors, we're selling an idea, a dream, or we're helping somebody overcome a problem that they have. So maybe they're not making a very good return with their mutual funds or whatever they're invested in with their RSPs. So um, it's, yeah, it's just about having the conversation and again, making sure that you're doing it all the time. So you're constantly telling people what you do, what you're looking for. You know, if you're looking for a really good deal, tell people, I'm looking for a single family home that I can make into a duplex that I can suite. Mm -hmm. Or I'm looking for somebody or I'm looking for money to buy a property. Do you know of anyone who's recently sold a business? Do you know of anybody that, you know, has a, a whole bunch of RSPs just sitting around or maybe they just got a big inheritance, right? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes as investors, we maybe find one person and we're like, oh, good, we don't have to talk about money anymore. But it's really getting comfortable with being able to ask for money, present good opportunities for people. And again, it's your mindset. So it's making sure that you realize you can help a lot of people who don't know anything about financing uh, or sorry about their investments. And you can help people that maybe are losing money year after year in mutual funds that they're just in really bad investments and they have no clue, right? So changing changing your mindset to really see that, yes, they they are helping you by buying properties, but that you can really help a lot of people. You know, you can help a tenant have a really great place to live. You can help an investor get a really good return on their money. And, and uh, that's the beauty about real estate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not going to get, if you don't ask for it, no one's just going to come up and offer it to you either. Right. Not often, yeah. Not enough, right, guys? Yeah. And I think even if you get, even if you're, I think a lot of people struggle with rejection of that too. If they ask a couple of people, they get turned to, turned down and then they get, you know, they go negative about Discouraged, it. Discouraged, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a, there's really a ton of money out there, right? And there's a ton of opportunity out there. You need to be, you know, you need to be able to okay with a couple of people telling you no. Yeah, that was just what I was going to say. One of the things that somebody taught us, on one of the shows, who was it? I think it was, was it Joey? I don't know. Somebody was saying, go for no. Try, like, you know, mm-hmm. expect those no's. And when, it's a good book, by the way. Go for no, if you haven't it, read it. No, oh, I haven't read that. The author that's good actually, book, yeah. oh, that's actually a I book. There you go. You Everyone go out and read that, and I will too. Yeah. Especially if you're a realtor. It's really Let's good. Let's where they got the, com- uh, the, uh, <laughs> the idea. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah I think. I think one one other issue that why this comes up so much is that most people don't talk about money, right? Your your parents don't talk about money when you're a kid, and that's a really good way. Again, if you have kids, listeners, talk about money with kids. It's it can't be um, a topic that's just taboo, right? You have to be able to tell your kids like you're going to need to know how to master money. Money is important in everything in life, and no, not to worship money, right? But and it's it's not the be all end all, but it's a huge tool that can again completely change your life. Whether you're being able to master money and employ it into different opportunities, or you know if you're just wasting it on ridiculous things that really don't change your life, right? So Choose. just having having the 
the mindset again that, you know, it's okay to talk about money is huge. Just, just that one step. And then before you know it, you're going to have more than enough money for investing. Beautiful. I love this. This is a great, great. episode, eh, Sandy? Well, I think that point, I don't think we've heard, I don't know if we've heard that point specifically as Candace just said it there. It's not that difficult of a concept, but being able and open to talk about that is so, so big. I don't, there's not many, I guess it's our culture in Canada or North America that we really don't talk about it very much. And like, like financials and money, people are very tight about that. And, you know, just even just a little more open about it, a little more, especially parents and being open about it with children and talking about it is an amazing point, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've heard that made. I don't know if we've heard, maybe if we've heard that, but not exactly like that on the show. So it was really cool. No, you're right. Awesome. Uh, so Candice, you're offering a rent to own course coming up soon. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, you bet. Uh, so again, you know, if you're looking to learn a little bit about rent to own, um, again, it's a really great strategy, not for every market. You know, if you're in a depreciating market, then you don't want to employ rent to own right now, but it's a good tool to have in your, in your, uh, tool belt again, because if you're an opportunist, if you're willing to look at different opportunities and, and, how that could benefit you. And maybe you're looking for an alternative. Maybe you're tired of flipping houses, but you do need the income. Um, maybe rent to own is something for you. So, um, yeah. So a couple of weeks ago I did, um, a seminar, a keynote in, uh, I guess it was the end of April in Kamloops. Um, there's a really good group out there. So if any of your listeners are from the Kamloops area, even Kelowna, it's not too far. Um, but it's called rents, R E N T S. Um, it's run by Sam Perrin and, so I did a little talk about rent to own and I'm actually coming out to Jeff Wood's group um, on the 30th of this month. Next right. couple 10 days. Yeah. And uh, his group is CARE, C-A-R-E, PAC, um, PAC, like P-A-C-K. And, uh, and we're also going to be talking about rent to own there. So if you're close to that group, then come on out and it'll be a fun night. But it, again, if you're looking for income, it's a great strategy. So if you... If you want to learn a little bit more about that, then you can definitely join the course, and uh, we'd love to have you. Beautiful. And Jeff Woods, by the way, episode 44, episode 10. If you want to look back and hear a bit from him, we've had him nice. on a couple times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, another good guy. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so if you guys um, do want to maybe give away two spots, it's a six-week course. It's worth about $697. Um, if you want to give away a couple to your listeners, feel free. And uh, again, I'd love to be able to help people out with with learning some new stuff. So, well, I was just going to take one and give one to Sandy. <laughs> you're that generous? <laughs> what, to give one to you? Yeah. Well, okay then. I'll give it to somebody else. No, that's that's amazing. So you're giving away, you're going to give two spots to the course to listeners. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so how are we going to do this? We got to go through Facebook or something, right? Is that what we're going to do? Yeah. Okay. So actually, we just added the links to the bottom of the show notes for each episode. So uh, the first two people, I guess, after this episode comes out, that that share the episode on Facebook and comment on our website and write a review on iTunes. How about that? All three of those things. Okay. You got to do all three of those things and then they'll win. So the first two people that 
First two people that do that. I mean, you can't give it away for free. They got to do work for it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, look at what you just said there. It's going to take, if I was going to do that right now, it would take me five minutes, 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five minutes. So we'll five minutes? Yeah. For, 700, for $697 worth of value. And probably that's, that's probably being on the low. It's probably like $2,697 worth of value, at least. Yeah, and if you take action, you're going to make some money. It's a good good opportunity. That's mm. amazing. Okay, so what, what? tell us about the course then. Uh, well, it's a six-week course, and there's going to be uh, some self-study and then some group participation. Um, I'm always available to people. Um, I think it's just part of being a realtor and always being um, available to clients that way too, right? So if anyone has any questions or needs any help, um, Typically, questions come up that aren't always rent-to-own either, and you know maybe it's mindset, maybe it's I just can't raise money. Whatever it is, I'm always available. So it's a good opportunity um, to bring your your concerns as well as uh, again learning about rent-to-own and having that uh, strategy available to yourself. So it's an online course. So you don't have to actually be in the market in in your market to join. No, no I won't make you fly. No, you don't have to fly out to Winnipeg. That is amazing. Well, thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Right on. Okay. All right. So get to it. First two people. You're gonna. They're gonna have to go now. Like if you're listening to this, you got to do it now. Because you probably missed, missed your chance, right? Well, you, yeah, you already have. Is that okay? Well, what's next, Candice? I mean, we've talked a lot about what you've done. Uh, we'd love to hear about what you're up to for the future and what your new. Uh, big dreams, big goals, and and everything you've got planned. I mean, you, I know you're going to do great things. So, what have you got coming up? Uh, well, real estate wise, investing wise, we're just going to keep acquiring properties. So, if a good buy and hold comes up, we're still all about building long term wealth. Even though right now it's a rent to own focus. So, yeah, that's always on the go. And um, philanthropy is really important to me, and giving back to those in need. So. So um, that's kind of an ongoing thing, too. There's always different things that come up, whether it's, you know, helping out a single mom who just needs needs some extra groceries all the way to you know, soup kitchens or whatever it is. Right. There's there's so many different needs. And so um, that's a really important thing to me. And I just want to encourage your listeners to to really think impact and legacy, because real estate honestly just gives you the opportunity to dream big. And it gives you options to do so much for others, like whether you want to start um, a scholarship in your name or in your family's name or a bursary or you can start a foundation. And, you know, sometimes we think, oh, you know, that's a great idea, Candice, but I'm going to look at that when I'm like 50 or 60. But we don't know how long we've got. Right. So it's really important to think about these things now and to tell different people, like tell your family or tell people that you work with, you know, what what is important to you, because you know, if something does happen, your dream can still live on. And, and it, I think legacy is just so important. Yeah, it's just really, yeah, I think that's that's kind of the big thing. I think eventually probably when, again, you know, we're in a busy season with the kids and stuff, but eventually probably we'll do more, I'll probably do more retreats and, and do sort of more holistic living type stuff as well. But for now, it's uh, it's all about real estate and, and the kids and, and all that good stuff. Well, I guess that'll be more possible too when your husband uh, quits his job in a couple of years because that's a pretty exciting goal. Yeah, yeah. He does uh, stucco right now, which is pretty 
labor intensive. Um, it's, it's hard on your body. It's kind of like bricklaying, right? It's heavy cement all day and stuff like that. And in Winnipeg, obviously we're very seasonal here and, uh, but still it's, yeah, it's been about 20, 22 years of that. So it's time to, to move on and, and dream about doing something else and slow down a bit. So awesome. My grandfather did that. Yeah. That was his entire career. Very cool. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, uh, is there is it was there ever like a, uh, I guess some info or advice that's always stuck with you? Um, my my parents were self-employed, so I think we and my grandparents like it's kind of in the blood. So I think a lot of that knowledge maybe just came from just being a kid and being around that all the time. And, and even with our kids, you know, we're, we're constantly trying to tell them, you know, we, we don't necessarily do everything like what the world teaches us. We're, you know, think differently. Right. And, and uh, yeah, so that's probably one of the, the biggest things. Like look at really, even as kids, you know, we're telling them what's the most important thing right now. And we're teaching them philanthropy already. Right. Like, do you really need another Lego set or, <laughs> Do you think that it would be more important to actually to maybe donate some money to somebody who needs it, right? And so all those kinds of things, I think you can start teaching your kids when they're like three or four already. There's all these different lessons. and But the biggest thing for sure is taking action. Take action, take action. Just start. You, you're not always going to know all the different steps and you're never going to be able to prepare for everything. But just take action. Success is messy, right? It, it just it happens, but it, it's not going to be in the, the exact steps that you think it is before you start. You know, the saying the teacher will arrive when you're ready. I think that's really important, too. So uh, or the teacher will arrive when you're ready. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to really, again, watch fear and, and don't let don't let fear stop you. So I think often if you're very entrepreneurial minded, if I think of myself I've got a million ideas and sometimes we, we, we can't do everything at once and we can shelf an idea, but don't just throw those ideas out altogether. So again, if you're, you're thinking, Oh, maybe I'm going to do rent to own. And then later you hear the next podcast is about multifamily and they'll, Oh no, maybe I'll do multifamily. Like again, you're, you're, you're just not doing anything, but it's okay to shelf an idea or to think, okay, you know, I'm going to maybe tackle that next year and just focus in on this right now. But but don't just throw away different ideas, you know, because of fear again. So mm. keep taking action. Yeah. That's a good one. I know for, I know for sure there's a lot of listeners out there that do that. I, I, I've probably done that. I'm sure maybe all of us have done that in the past where you've, this episode we're talking about rent to own, next one multifamily and, and, and people can get a little bit. That's where you get the analysis paralysis, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's really, yeah. I think one of the cool things too, just another little piece of advice was, you know, the ability to do things like e-transfer is huge and it's really something important to think about. So like years, a few years ago, that wasn't as common. And when my second child was in kindergarten, so that was probably about four years ago, um, he actually ended up taking a pile of our rent cash to school using kindergarten. And that little turkey took a, a whole bunch of cash in his backpack <laughs> in kindergarten. Just not, and- like off the counter? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I know like you don't, you shouldn't be leaving cash on your counter, but obviously we're just kind of like, probably it was the weekend and the first was on the weekend and we had collected a whole bunch of rent and all these renters were paying cash. They weren't even paying check. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it was just the thing. 
and his grandpa had ended up picking him up after kindergarten. I was like, why does he have a couple hundred dollars in his little kid backpack? And I was like, oh. <laughs> so if you want to take one takeaway away, it's just keep using e-transfer. And, <laughs> you know, we're really lucky to have that option right now. And yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That and make sure your kid doesn't live close to the store too, I guess. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was even wanting to spend it. I don't know why he brought it to school, but like, thank goodness the teacher didn't look in the backpack and be like oh they didn't even find it cops no no oh, well they didn't okay. tell me anyway uh, and be cops at my house wondering what's going on why my kids got hundreds of so maybe there cash, was like right? more in there but the teachers just kept it quiet and talk a little bit and... I think so but yeah. <laughs> very so cool okay that, well yeah, there's so many things that happen with real estate right again <laughs> like so many funny little stories or different things and you know you just have to sometimes just go with the punt. Just go with the flow, right? And it's a bit of a wild ride sometimes, but Candace, there's one other way you were telling us about about a B a BYOC story. Do you have you want to tell us that one quickly too? Yeah, sure. Okay, so funny one. Yeah, so usually you have BYOB for parties, but this was BYOC because when the tenant ended up leaving, it was during the summer, and there was like nine couches, so we just my husband and I, we were just saying it had to have been like a bring your own couch party because there was nine massive couches in the backyard. So we weren't just cleaning up, you know, things they left in the house. We we're cleaning up all these old couches. I say we, but of course, my husband was cleaning up the couches. So, yeah, um, so he, being in construction, he's got like stucco trailers and, you know, big car hauling trailers, right? So it wasn't too big of a deal and he was going to bring them to the dump. But um, at the time, like we were living right in town. So we had a double lot. And so in the back of our property was a, another road and there was a neighbor there and stuff. And and so he just put that trailer in the back and he With was nine couches. Yeah, nine couches. So it was like an eyesore. And thankfully, again, being a small town, nobody really said anything, right? It's not like being in a city where people are like, can you please get that out of here? But yeah, so I had run across uh, the neighbor to the back there at the grocery store. And he was just, we we're just chatting and he was saying, oh, you've got that trailer. And like being a realtor, we do staging. And so I've got a whole inventory worth of stuff. And we have like a little, just a 10 foot enclosed trailer to move couches and stuff. And to doll up these houses when we're when we're listing them right but so I was telling him about how awesome this was and I was selling how great staging is and and then later I realized that he was totally talking about those other coaches and so mm-hmm. he was probably like just mortified thinking you are putting like these coaches in houses that have been in the rain in the sun all summer that are just disgusting I and see nothing wrong with this I know, I know. So it was <laughs> like being a realtor. It was like, oh my goodness. Um, but whatever. It was, it was a good laugh, and we still talk about that sometimes, Ryan and I. And again, <laughs> things, things so, happen, and you never know if you're going to end up with nine coaches when you have rental properties. But in the grand scheme of things, it's no big deal, right? You that just would have, have to, to be a BYOC party. There is no other explanation for that. It, it was pretty crazy, yeah. So. The way it goes. That is amazing. Yeah. Nine couches. And did they leave any more inside or were they all outside? 
Oh, those were just the ones outside. That was that <laughs> was, was the story. Like, so I don't even know what the house was like anymore. But <laughs> there was like four four or five more inside. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah. great. Uh, Candace, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is a <laughs> lot of fun. It has been. So now we talked about the choruses and all that stuff, but nobody knows how to get in touch with you. So how can people reach out and and um, and ask? you some questions or, or get involved in your course? Yeah. So my, my education brand, I suppose you would say is investor smarts. So Candace at investorsmarts.ca, or again, you can find that online investorsmarts.ca or I'm pretty active on Facebook. So, you know, reach out anytime and ask me any question. I've got loads of experience and would love to help your listeners in any way that they need it. So. Awesome. Okay, and we're also going to put all those links in the show notes, so if you didn't catch that or write it down, don't worry. You will be able to find them there, as usual. Um, Thank you so much. And Sandy, what do you have coming up? How can people get in touch with you? I don't have too too much coming up. As always, if anyone wants to reach out, they can reach us at info at mckrealtynetwork.com or through uh, 905-308-8333. Um, if anyone's looking to to do some real estate and uh, anything real estate related in the Hamilton uh, and surrounding areas, we're uh, we're specializing there and ready to help out. Whatever your needs are, super awesome. You, me? Oh, thank yeah, you for asking. Uh, if anyone wants to reach out to me, they can reach me at uh, rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. And if you are interested in sweeting um, a basement. Just like Candace was talking about earlier, that's sort of our specialty out here, looking for properties that'll work for adding a second unit and all of the legalities involved in getting that up to code and um, running your own very, very cool two-unit legal cash-flowing property out here in this area in Oshawa, please give me a call. My number is 289 927-0464 927-0464 or as usual you can reach either Sandy or I at info at breakthroughreipodcast.ca well this was another one in the books super cool and um, I think this is going to be one of the more entertaining ones and it was definitely one of the more educational ones so thank you Candice this was amazing awesome and I just want to encourage also the women out there you know real estate tends to be very male dominated which is fine, but I just want to always put a plug out for the women. Get out there and take action because um, it's just as important for you to be building wealth as well. Even if you're you know, a single woman and you feel like, oh, man, I don't know if I could do this, just get out there and, again, take action. So, Perfect. Thank you. Okay, everyone, thanks again for listening again, and have a great night.